Welcome to the Center Ranch Church Weekly Podcast. We believe that faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Thanks so much for checking out the podcast. Here's this week's message. Uh, last week, we started a series called The Children's Bread, and it's a series where we're going to talk about what does God's Word say about healing? What, what is, what's God's will when it comes to walking in divine health? Because it's an important topic to discuss because you, you could go to, you know, five different churches within, you know, an hour from here probably and hear like maybe different, t- completely different takes on what the Bible, you know, or, or what, what, you know, what they believe about healing. So we just, we want to look to the word of God. We're um, not going to look to, you know, a, a, a denominational checklist or, or our own experiences. We're going to look at what does God's word say about healing and kind of just dive into that this morning. So I'm, I'm glad you're, you're with us. Uh, Pastor Luke started this series last week, and this this title, The Children's Bread, may, maybe you're wondering, hey, what's what's the deal with that title? If, if you weren't here last week, the, the whole idea behind this series, the name of the series is, is based off a story in Matthew 15, and uh, this is an account that Jesus has, this interaction with this, this woman, this Gentile woman, and uh, she's asking Jesus to come and heal her her uh, oppressed, possessed daughter. Uh, she's She needs healing, and so... Jesus, in this story, Jesus refers to the healing of her daughter as the, the children's bread. So the, the whole idea behind the series is, is healing is the children's bread. If you're a child of God, if you're in this place and you're, you're a born-again believer, that healing is your inheritance as a child of God. Amen. It's, it's for you. And it's the, you know, the idea of bread. Pastor Luke talked about that last night. It's, or not last night. Last Sunday. Forgive me. <laughs> Last night, you guys were all probably at home. Anyway, last Sunday, he talked about that bread, you know, bread is, is a common thing. It's base level provision. He didn't say, you know, healing is the children's filet mignon or, you know, the healing is the children's wagyu beef. Uh, those are the only two like rare foods I know. So I'm sure there's more. Uh, tr- uh, healing is the children's truffles. That's kind of rare, right? I don't know. But anyway, no, so healing is not some uh, rare thing that only, you know, like God has five healings he's allowed to do per day that he, he you know, spreads across the entire earth. No, he, healing, God has enough healing for you and I. He has plenty, he has unlimited supply of bread. He has, he has healing for you and for I. Healing belongs to you. You have to understand that if I'm a child of God, if, if I'm born again, Healing is part of my identity. It's part of my inheritance as a child of God. This, uh, this series is also uh, has the same name as a, as a book that Pastor Luke rele- or put out last month in October. And so I'm sure some of you have that book and uh, maybe some of you don't, though I encourage you to, to get it. I think we have copies in, in the bookstore and it's, I'm not saying get it just because, uh, oh, you know, you gotta support our pastor. It, it's, it's not about that, but here's what it is about. It's about sowing and reaping. And I'll explain that. So I think a lot of times in the church, you know, sowing and reaping, you know, whenever you hear that, you just think of finances and, you know, if you sow, you reap, you know, it doesn't just apply to finances. It, it applies to every area of your life. So if you're here and you'd say, man, I, you know, healing is an area that I feel like I don't have a great harvest in, you know, maybe you'd say, man, it's like 
It feels like we're always getting sick or we're always at the doctor. We're getting new prescriptions all the time. We just have health issue after health issue. So if you're not seeing a great harvest when it comes to walking in divine health, that means you need to sow seed to that area because you can't expect to reap a harvest where you haven't sown seed, right? If anyone's ever gardened or done anything with uh, planting seeds, you know, you can't uh, have a piece of dirt there with no seed in it, expect it to grow anything. Right, so, it, so it's, it's a way for you to sow seed to this area of walking and healing, divine health. You know, this will be a three-part series last Sunday, today, and, and next Sunday. So it's not gonna be very long and we can't hit like a million topics when it comes to healing. So this is, uh, you know, I would say, you know, use that book to be a tool even beyond these, these, these sermons, right? To continue to build your faith on God's will for you to walk in health. God's, God's word, what God's word has to say about healing. So yeah, and you know, Pastor Luke, he is, he is an elite teacher of the word of God. He, he, he's like the best. So whether, whether it was him or someone else wrote this book, it's, it's just a really good book, all right? Mine's full of underlines and stuff, so it, it's, it's super good. So I would encourage you to get that and to, to continue to sow seed in this area of, of healing in your bodies, amen? Amen. amen. I wanna share a testimony with you from, from this past Sunday. And I really think this will build your faith. This, this was just incredible. This person wrote in, they said, I broke my neck 26 years ago. I had to have a fusion of my C6 and C7 vertebra about 10 years ago. It helped, but I've had neck and middle back pain every day for many years. Pastor Luke prayed with me Sunday and I have been pain-free ever since. After, there's more, there's more. Yeah, that's awesome. <clears throat> he says, uh, you know, after, after he prayed for me and I turned to walk away, I felt a pop between my shoulders. I've always believed, but I've never experienced something so awesome. Come on, church. Now let's do it. Let's clap. God is good. Hallelujah. Amen. That can be you this morning as well. God wants to see you healed. He wants to see you walk in, in, in divine, supernatural health in your body. So this is just one, one story from, from last week and we can expect that again today and we can expect greater things today because, man, the Lord is, is, is revealing to us his will for healing. And, you know, faith comes by, by hearing. Faith comes, you know, we've got to attend to the word of God. We've got to really give ourselves, man, what is God's will? What is God's desire when it comes to healing in my body. So one of the things, my favorite things that Pastor Luke talked about last week in the message was, he said that Jesus, the life of Jesus was a demonstration of God's will. The life, of, when you look at the life of Jesus, it's a revelation of God's heart. This is important. You know, so, so what did Jesus do? What were the things he did? If you had to sum it all down to, you know, a lot of, uh, commentators and scholars say this, if you had to sum it all down to two things, here's what Jesus did. He preached the good news and he healed the sick. That's what Jesus did. So when you look at the life of Jesus, when you read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, when you read through the accounts of Jesus' life and you see the things he did, you see the works he did, that is a revelation of God's heart. It's a revelation of, man, this is God's will. And the Bible tells us that. And in Hebrews 1.3, said the sun is the radiance of God's glory, the, the exact representation of his being. The exact representation of God. 
This is important that we know, man, Jesus was not going rogue. Jesus wasn't doing his own will. He wasn't doing his own thing when he was praying and healing the sick. No, no, no. He was doing exactly what the father had told him to do. Jesus said, I don't, he says, I only do what I see the father do. I only do what I see the father do. And what did Jesus do? He healed them all. He healed every person that came to him. We, we never see one time where Jesus turns someone away, says, no, get your life cleaned up first, and you have a couple lessons to learn, and then come back to me. He, we never see him do that. He never turns anyone away. He never tells someone that they should deal with it for a while, or they should get their lives put together first, and then come back to him. No, he healed them all. Acts 10, 38 tells us, And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. He, what's it say? He says, healing all. He healed them all. He never turned one person away. So we can see, man, if if Jesus, if Jesus is the exact representation of the Father, when you you look at the stuff Jesus did, that's, that's an exact representation of God and we see that Jesus healed them all, then we would have to conclude that, that God's desire, God's heart, is for all to be healed, that all, for all to walk in healing. And this is really important that you get to this place in your faith that God wants to heal all. He doesn't pick and choose. He doesn't, right, like we said earlier, it's, it's, healing is the children's bread. It's part of your inheritance as a child of God. It, it's, it's part of our identity as Christians. We, we have healing. It's, it's not for, for certain good people and then other people don't receive healing. And another book, if you wanna have more tools or resources to, to sow seed to this area of walking in health, another good book is F.F. Bosworth's Christ the Healer. There's a great book on this topic as well. And he, he shares an example or you know, it's kind of an analogy to, to kind of talk about, yeah, that you must know that God desires to heal all. Because until you know that God wants to heal all, you can't really have faith. If you think it's like maybe one out of a hundred or you know, God is limited to like five healings a day, you can't actually have faith that God wants to heal you. And, and so why would the Bible tell us to, you know, in, in James it says, if there's any sick among you, call them forward, you know, anoint, anoint them with oil, pray for them, and the prayer in faith will heal the sick person. Why would the Bible tell us to pray in faith for someone's healing if we can't have faith? How, how, why would it? Why would it tell us to instruct us to pray in faith for, for people to be healed if we really can't have faith? So the analogy that F.F. Uh, F. Bosworth shares, he said, imagine you're at a game show. So imagine this morning you came to a game show and the host gets up with the mic and says, three lucky contestants are gonna walk away today with $5,000 cash. And what would your response be? You'd be like, oh, that's cool. I mean, but you probably wouldn't expect to receive the $5,000, Right? Like three out of a big room like this, the only three people, like you wouldn't start to prepare, you know, how you're gonna spend the $5,000, start making plans and start booking hotels. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't actually expect to receive the $5,000. You'd be, you'd be surprised if you did get it, right? If, if only one out of, you know, only three people in the whole room, you'd be shocked if, if you actually get it. However, what, what if, you know, in this game room situation, uh, or game uh, show, sorry, not game room, game show, <laughs> in this game show situation, imagine you come in and now the host of the show says, everyone that's in this room is gonna receive $5,000 cash. That's totally different, right? 
Because now you're like, oh, awesome, I'm getting $5,000. You, you can start to plan out, man, I wonder how I'm gonna spend this money, right? You, you, you actually can build faith that you're going to get $5,000 because everyone gets $5,000. So that, that just shows me, we, we, we have to get to that place that God, God wants to heal everyone. Yeah. He healed them all. When we look at the life of Jesus, he healed everybody. Jesus is the, he's, the, he's a demonstration of God's heart and God's will. God, God wants all to walk in healing. He, he, he's not reserved it for certain people or certain occasions or certain ministers. He wants all to walk in healing. So this morning, what I wanna speak on or focus on this morning, I wanna talk about mindsets that will rob you of healing. So I just have five mindsets that will rob you of healing. And here's, my, here's what my faith is for today. My, my faith today, I wanna see us have renewed minds when it comes to healing, a renewed mind on God's desire for healing and, and, and how we have faith for healing. Because you know, how you think is super important. The Bible tells us, as a man thinketh, so is he. So, so how you think plays a massive role in what you end up seeing in your life. So if, if, you, if you, you believe healing is a, a side issue that only a few people get to enjoy, that's gonna radically adjust how you have faith for healing. So we wanna have a renewed mind on the topic of God's will to heal. And this morning, we, we wanna tear down some strongholds, Right? We want to tear down some, some strongholds in the minds that would hinder you from receiving what God has for you. We want to toss out all, all, all the garbage that's being a hindrance or, or prevention for you to walk in this reality that God has for us. Can you believe with me for that this morning? Let's, let's pray and let's invite the Holy Spirit to come do that work in us. Father, we come to you. God, we ask, like we just said, we ask for, for your Holy Spirit to come and renew our minds on this topic of healing. Come renew our minds. Come remove, tear down strongholds that have, that have developed in our minds, strongholds that have raised themselves up against the word of God, that have raised themselves up against the will of God. Father, I, I declare right now, we leave this place with a renewed mind on healing. We leave this place different than we walked in. Father, I thank you that you said that you would confirm your word with signs and wonders. You, you said that you'd do that. So today, we thank you in advance that you will. You will confirm your word with signs and wonders. Father, have your way in this service. Holy Spirit is yours. Have your way. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. If you want to turn to your Bibles to John 14. The first, so I said I'm going to talk about the five strongholds that would prevent you from receiving healing and walking in healing. And the first once I find John 14. The, fir the first one I wanna address is this, and it's kind of a huge one, so I just figured we'd get it dealt with off the top here. But the first mindset that will hinder you from receiving healing is if you believe that healing and miracles are not for today. That's a big one, right? Of course. If you don't think they're, you know, they're valid anymore, you're probably gonna hurt your faith. You know, there's, there's entire chunks of, the body of Christ, there's entire you know, denominations that would say that the age of miracles has left, that we, we no longer should expect to, to experience these things, we should no longer expect to see miracles or healings that that was reserved for you know, that, that time with the apostles and Jesus and that time, that age of miracles has, has gone. So there, there's, like I said, you could go to different churches 
um, around here and probably hear totally different takes on what does the Bible, you know, what, what's, he, what's healing, um, what's the word say about healing? What, what should we expect as Christians when it comes to healing? So, but first we wanna to turn to that John 14, verse 12, like I said, and let's talk about this. Our, our healing and miracles for today. John 14, 12 says this. this so this is Jesus. He's, he's talking to his disciples as they're, um, you know, Jesus is about to go and be with the Father. Jesus is about to leave. And he's uh, telling them some things before he leaves. And he says in verse 12, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works that I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. So Jesus says, if anyone believes in me, they'll do the works that I did. So what were the works that Jesus did? We just talked about it earlier. If he had to sum it to two things, he, he, he preached the kingdom and he healed the sick, right? That's the two things he did. So Jesus is referring to, okay, the works that I do. And we'd think more, more specifically, he'd be referring to the, the, the signs and the miracles that he did. That's what he's referring to. You'll do the works, right? It's not, he's, he's not referring to, you know, like being nice to people and being nice to little children. No, the works that I did, right? The healings, the miracles, the things you saw me do, anyone who believes in me will do those same works. So that's the works he did. All right, and then he says, he says, anyone who believes. That's amazing, right? Like anyone who, that's you, that's me. Anyone who believes. He doesn't say, okay, for, for my disciples, the, you know, the apostles, for them, they will do the works that I, I do and even greater. No, no, any, anyone who believes, if you're born again Christian, you will do the same works that Jesus did and even greater works. Hallelujah, amen, that's awesome. It's incredible. So, you know, we, we, could, we could sit here, we could go through many other scriptures, many other passages, and we could sit here and just hit it over and over that, you know, healing, miracles, therefore today, they haven't been done away with. But even if we just had this one verse, to me, this is plenty this is, this is all we need. This, this is plenty to, um, to defend any attack. No, Jesus, he, he put no time limit on it, right? There's no end date. It wasn't like, okay, hey, if you believe in me, you'll do the works I do until the last apostle dies. Then it will cease, right? The, there's no time limit on it. He doesn't make an amendment on it. He doesn't like, you know, come back later and like, hey guys, remember that thing I said the other day? I got carried away. Okay, I had too much coffee that morning and I, I, I was kind of, um, I don't want you guys to make a fool of yourself. Just let me do, hey, those works are for me. They're not for you. Hey, Matthew, if you've been writing this stuff down, could you just erase that part? I don't want people getting any wrong ideas here. No, he doesn't change what he said. He, that's, a, that's a true fact for you and for me. That's a statement from the mouth of Jesus Christ that anyone who believes in me will do the works that I did and even greater works. That's good news, right? So we can, like I said, we could, we could sit on, on just this scripture alone, have plenty, plenty uh, you know, of evidence that no, miracles, healings, they are for today. They haven't gone away. They haven't disappeared. That they're for today. So that begs the question, okay, so why are there groups of Christians that would, would say the exact, exact opposite? Why, why are there some Christians that would say, no, you know, the age of miracles is done and the age of healing that's, that was reserved for a certain time. I'd say ultimately it would boil down to the reason that 
that some don't believe this is because of personal experience and what they've seen or haven't seen. So, so the first stronghold or the first you know, mindset that'll rob you of healing is just if you believe it's not for today. The second one, the second mindset that'll rob you of healing is if you allow your experiences to trump the word of God. Yeah. That was one of the things that Pastor Luke said in his book, that when you come to a situation where your personal experience and, and the word of God or the promise of, promises from God's word, if you come to a situation where they don't line up, or you're not seeing the promise, even, you know, don't allow your personal experience to trump the word of God. Allow the word of God, allow the promises of God to trump your personal experiences. Because you know what? Your experiences will change. Your feelings will change. The word of God remains forever, amen? You can build your life on God's word. So in those situations where, you know, I, I know the Bible says if there's any sick, they should come forward and the prayer and faith will heal them. I, I know what it says. I know the Bible says by his stripes, I'm healed, but I'm just not seeing it, you know? So I guess, I, I guess it's not for me, right? That, that's a foolish, it's a foolish and it's really an arrogant mentality yeah. to say that my experience is gonna trump the authoritative inspired word of God that's the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? That's a very foolish, arrogant mindset to have that, well, you know, since I didn't see it, in my experience, it, it must not be true. Because it's, it's, it's very obvious in other areas, right? Um, lately, I've been, uh, I've been lifting weights lately. <laughs> oh, people already laughed. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. I was going to say, you're probably saying, well, we haven't noticed. And I was going to say, me neither. <clears throat> <laughs> they already started laughing. Okay. <laughs> I like that that's like the joke. So guys, lately I've been lifting weights. <laughs> um, anyway, well, you probably see where I'm headed with this. So lately I've been lifting weights. Here's what I know about lifting weights. Is that when you lift weights, you get stronger and your muscles get bigger. It hasn't happened for me yet, as you can tell, right? It hasn't happened. So, should, you know, I know the physiology behind, I know, you know, it's the science and it, you know, you break down the muscle, you eat the food, you sleep, the muscle gets bigger and stronger afterwards, whatever. Um, I know, you know, but it'd be a, a foolish and arrogant mindset to say, hey, I lifted weights for three months, nothing changed. You know what? Just quit your memberships at the gym and you're wasting your time, you're, you're just getting sweaty and you're, you're doing all this effort for nothing, Th that'd be a dumb mentality, right? Be, it's obviously very stupid, right? My personal experience doesn't trump the truth that, okay, lifting weights makes you stronger. Just, just because I haven't experienced it yet, just, just because that's true for me, doesn't mean that, okay, that truth is now negated and that, you know, I, I shouldn't expect to see um, strength or muscle gain by lifting weights. It's, it's, it's very foolish and arrogant to say that I didn't experience it, so it's, it's, it's not for me. Another example I thought of was when I went to Bible college in uh, Springfield, Missouri, it's like in the Midwest, and um, I was, as I was getting ready to move out there, one thing I became aware of is that there are a lot of tornadoes in the Midwest. Because um, right before I moved, it was all over the news, a city called Joplin, Missouri got like leveled by a tornado. That was pretty close to where I was going, so I was like, oh man, like, and I never had to deal with tornadoes in West Virginia, not really like a common thing here. 
So I was like, oh, I gotta be you know, aware and um, just, I gotta know about these tornadoes, kind of a big deal. So I went to Bible college there. For, I spent four years there in Springfield, Missouri, and I never experienced a tornado one time. Praise God, first of all. <laughs> Actually, it's just a praise report. But um, <laughs> So I never experienced a tornado one time. So and you probably see where I'm going with this, but it would be dumb and foolish of me to be like, well, I never had a, a tornado experience, so I guess they don't exist, right? Or like, I, you know, you know, all of a sudden the sirens start going off and everything. I was like, no, 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 I, tornadoes aren't a real thing. I, trust me, I've been here for four years. That would be foolish and arrogant of me. So when it comes to, when you don't, when your experiences don't line up with the word of God, refuse to allow your experience to somehow trump or negate the word of God or the promises of God. Turn to, briefly turn to Matthew 7. Matthew 7 and verse 24 it says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes and torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rain and flood came and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. We, we need to build our lives on the word of God, right? That's what this, this Jesus, he's telling us this story. Don't, don't build your life, don't build your faith on something that's just going to change, i.e. your experiences. Don't build your life around what God hasn't done in your life. Build it off of, here, here's the unchanging word of God. This is God's inspired will. This is God's revelation to me of his character and his will. I'm going to build my life on that thing. And you know what? It won't change. You, you, can, it, you can stand on it 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 100 years from now. It's gonna, it's gonna remain the same. Build your life on God's promises. Don't look for theologies that align with your experience. Don't, don't start to build belief systems around what God didn't do that one time for you. I think that's so, that's so many that people make that mistake. Well, in this one situation, God didn't provide, so he's not a provider. I'm gonna build my whole belief system around that. That's, that's, a, that's a foolish way to go about it. Bill, Bill Johnson, he's a, a well-known uh, pastor from California. He has a, an awesome quote that I thought just went along with this very well. He says, it's, it's unfair to sweep unfulfilled promises under the rug of God's sovereignty. I'll repeat that and I'll explain it. <laughs> it's unfair to, to sweep unfulfilled promises under the rug of God's sovereignty. So here's what that means. Sovereignty, God's sovereignty just means he's all powerful. He's the most supreme. He's the most powerful, right? And so when, once again, when you have a, a situation where, okay, here's a promise from God's word. Here's my personal experience. And maybe it didn't, it didn't line up in that situation with, with God's promise that we, sh we shouldn't say, well, God's sovereign. He's almighty, so I guess he didn't want me to have that. I guess, you know, I, I needed provision or I needed healing. I, I know what's in the, God's word. It's a promise from him, but I didn't see it in this situation. So he's, he's sovereign. I guess he didn't want me healed. I guess he didn't want me to be provided for. I guess 
Um, you know, he, he wanted to teach me something in this, right? We, we, we sweep unfulfilled promises under the rug of God's sovereignty. That, that, that once again, that, don't, don't, don't allow yourself to get to that place where you do that. that. We shouldn't do that. When we don't see a promise from God's word, we shouldn't just say, oh man, I guess God's sovereign. When we don't see a promise from God's word, we should do what the Bible tells us in, in Hebrews 6, 12. It says, we do not want to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit that which has been promised. Right, so you come to a situation, I'm not seeing this promise. Don't, don't sweep it under the rug. Well, I guess it's just not for me. No, like Hebrews 6, 12 says, no, with faith and patience, inherit that promise from God. Acquire that promise by faith. That's what we should do when, when we come into a situation. I'm not seeing this. Acquire it by faith. Be be. be in faith and have patience in that area and inherit that promise that is to you. So I, I've seen it so much, just, you know, I mean, it's, I've, I guess I've been here on staff about eight years, which is not like it's a long time, but I've, I've just seen it so often, just like, you know, what you will put up with, you will end up with, yeah. right? What you would make allowance for, what you, what you allow, you get. So if you say, man, I just don't have this promise. I don't know, it's God's sovereignty. All right, you're gonna, that's what you're gonna get, yeah. right? If you, make, if you say, oh, I allow this thing. I know I, sh- I, probably, I, I know I shouldn't be bound in sin. I know that I shouldn't have you know, sin that's ruling in my life, but I, I don't know. No, like, right? We, we can't make these uh, theologies and we shouldn't make these uh, belief systems around stuff that we're not experiencing or what God hasn't done. So what you put up with, you end up with. And what you allow, you, you're, you're gonna get. You know, I think so many Christians, we've programmed our brains to think like the rest of the world. Somehow, somewhere along the line, we just, we just we, our brains think just like everyone else when it comes to health or healing. Hey, you know, they say that one in three people get cancer, and now they're saying it's almost like one in two, so I'll probably get cancer too. Like, we're thinking like, like, like the world. We're, we're thinking like mere humans. The Bible tells us to not, not just think like mere humans. We're, we're children of God, and we've gotta get that in our, our minds. No, no, that's, wait a minute. No, ch- healing is the children's bread. Healing is my inheritance. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna get cancer. No, I'm, no. You have to start to, to get that solid in your faith and realize who you are in Christ and, and, and not to allow your, your thoughts, right? What's we're talking about? Renewing our mind on God's, on God's will for healing. Renewing our, our minds on what God's word says about healing. To don't program your brain to be satisfied with less than what God has for you. That's, I mean, that's many Christians. They just, ah, it's okay. So the, so the mindset's that'll rob you of healing. You think that it's not for today. The age of miracles is done away with. If you allow your experiences to trump the word of God. And then this, this third one here is when you're satisfied with lack. That is, if you become satisfied with having less than what God has for you, you will, you will struggle to see healing. When you're satisfied, like we said last week, if you're satisfied with no bread, but you're a child of God, you're right. If you, if you, the peanut butter analogy Pastor Luke had last week, the, the wonderful peanut butter analogy where it's like you, if you get it, right, and then um, you, you paid for it, but you didn't go and get it, right? That, that, that's how so many Christians live, right? They live that way. Like, man, I, I, I know I should have healing, right? I know that I should walk in healing, but um, it's not worth, I don't know. I, no, it's been paid for. It's been paid for, 
receive the thing that God has paid for. So don't be satisfied with going without. Don't be satisfied without having bread. Don't be satisfied without having the peanut butter. Because everything's about food up here, I guess. <laughs> no, don't, don't get satisfied with having less than all God has for you. Don't be satisfied with lack. You know, who's, who's the thief? Who's the Bible tells us is the robber? The, the devil, right? John 10, 10. The devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I have come, Jesus says, that they may have life, life in abundance. So the enemy is the one that steals. The enemy is the one that comes and robs and, and takes stuff that's rightfully ours. He takes from us, right? So, so what do we do in a situation where it feels like, man, I feel like something's getting robbed from me or something's getting taken from me. I feel like the enemy, you know, he's, uh, sickness is coming on, on me or I got this bad report from the doctor. What, what, what do we do in those situations? What do we do when man, the enemy is robbing, he's taking? Should we just be satisfied with lack? No, we shouldn't be satisfied with lack. Too many Christians have just learned to live with stuff and that's ah, just how it is. Don't be satisfied with lack. Here's what you should do in those situations where you can sense, man, the enemy's trying to rob or steal something from me. We need to learn, as the Bible tells us, to resist the enemy, to resist the to not just comply, say, ah, hey man, this is just how life goes. One in two, one in three people get cancer. Like, this is just how it is for me. No, don't comply when the enemy comes and tries to rob something that's rightfully yours or tries to steal something that's rightfully yours. You are to resist the enemy. The Bible tells us this, right? In, in James 4, 7, the Bible tells us to, to resist the enemy and he will flee. I don't know if you've ever looked at it in the message, but I like how the message reads it. It says, Shout a loud no to the devil and watch him scamper. I just, I like that imagery. Shout a loud no to the devil and watch him scamper. I was once on a hiking trip a couple years ago with some guys actually from the church and we're up in the mountains and we're just enjoying our little camp, having a fire or whatever. And this hunting dog just, you know, these guys bear hunt up in the mountains with these dogs, they got these collars and all this stuff. I don't know, they're dogs. Um, so we're chilling, we're, we're enjoying a campfire and this dog just comes running into our camp. It got lost from the other dogs, I guess, or the hunters or something. It was like, because we were way out there. We were like miles into the woods. Somehow this dog found its way out to where we were. So, and then, you know, we get up and we start hiking and this dog is like, right, chasing after us and stuff. And at first it's kind of intimidating, right? Because it's like this dog, it's like designed to hunt bears and like, it's now it's chasing us, right? So it was like, slightly concerning that this bear dog was like chasing us down and stuff. And so right, at first it was like kind of intimidating and, um, but it was, it was following us and kind of chasing after us and stuff on this trail. And eventually I just turned around. I like stomped as loud as I could and I just sh shouted at the thing and that thing bolted. It took off the other direction as fast as it could. And so I think this is, this is how the enemy works so often. The Bible says that he is like a roaring lion. Like, he's not a roaring lion, he's like a roaring lion. So a lot of times, and that's how Christians live. You know, the enemy's, you know, kind of nipping at their heels. Oh, here's a bad report on your health. Here's, you know, oh, you're starting to feel sick again. I think it's, that's coming on. Or, oh, here's this side effect that's lingering in your life. Right, he comes nipping at their heels. And until you turn around and resist, he's gonna stay there the whole time. Uh, so many believers never actually Obey the word of God. This is like an obedience thing. It's not even like your opinion. Obeying the word of God, it says resist the enemy and he will flee. Yeah. 
So man, they're just gonna live that way. The rest of their lives, you know, kind of nipping at their heels, kind of intimidating, scaring them, chasing them down. You have to learn to resist. So if the Bible tells us the devil cannot stay in resistance, right? He actually flees. You, you, you shout aloud, no, he scampers away. So if the devil hates resistance, can't stand resistance, we could conclude that he must love it when you're just apathetic. He must love it when you just comply. He must love it when you're just like, it, you know, it's not a big deal. I'll go without, I'll be in lack. No, I, it's, I don't have to have you know, healing in my body. I'll just deal with it. He must love that, he does. The enemy loves it when you're okay with living without. The enemy loves it when you just comply and you're kind of lackadaisical and you just kind of you know, you know, have, you're apathetic towards receiving what God has for you. So let's not be Christians that, that live that way. No, resist the enemy. If something comes against you and uh, attacking your body or something, you know, resist, learn to shout no to the devil and watch him run away, watch him scamper like that bear dog that I scared away that one time. Learn, learn to resist the enemy. Like I said earlier, what, what you put up with, you end up with. What you make allowance for, that's what you're gonna have. So if you make allowance, you say, well, it's not a big deal. You know, like, I, I, you know, I've got this like thing, I've got this like infection or this disease or what, you know, like it's not a big deal, I'll, I'll deal with it. Like there's medication for it. Okay, if, if, you, if you allow that, you, you'll have that. Yeah. If you put up with that, that's what you'll end up with. Just, you know, so you have to learn as a Christian and it all comes from who you are, though. I'm a child of God. It's, it's the, right? Healing is the children's bread. You have to understand, man, I'm a child of God. You have to understand, hey, you were bought at a price, right? The Bible tells us that. I was bought at a price. So that means I'm God's property. I'm, I'm God. You have to understand who you are. I'm God's property. No, sickness can't come on my body. Cancer can't live in the temple of God. Cancer can't live on, on God's property. No, in my house, no, my home will be the environment of heaven. What's allowed in heaven will be allowed in, in my home and, and nothing else. You have to start living that way, resisting the enemy. Until you resist, he'll keep, he'll keep nibbling at your heels, chasing you down. Until you learn to say no, turn around and resist the enemy. So don't be okay with living in lack. Don't be okay living with less than God has already paid for in your life. So the mindsets will rob you of healing. You don't think it's for today. Your experiences trump God's word. Living in lack. And the fourth one, this kind of goes in hand with God's sovereignty thing we talked about earlier, but when you just think that God's will automatically happens. If you believe that God's will just automatically, it always happens, that'll be a hindrance to you receiving healing. Because once again, there's a lot of people just kind of live that way. I don't know, if God wants it to happen, it's gonna happen. I, I heard this really funny song. It was like, if God don't do it, it ain't gonna be done. You know, and it's like, that kind of sounds religious and kind of sounds nice, but what it's saying is, no, God's will is just gonna happen all the time. Well, let me ask you this. If God's will happens just automatically, why did Jesus instruct us to pray for the will of God? When Jesus instructed us to pray, one of his instructions to us on how to pray is to pray that God's will is done and his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So he instructed us to pray that way. Did he, did he, why, did, why would he do that if it's just gonna happen anyway? Is he trying to frustrate us? Is he trying to get us to waste our breath? God, let your, let your will be done. I mean, I know it's gonna happen anyway, but God, no. His will's not automatic. And you can look around, go take a drive. You'll figure that out real quick. For real, like, do you, do, you think, do you think that God wants people addicted to heroin and overdose? Is that God's will? No, it's not God's will. 
It happens though. Do you think it's God's will that a kid gets cancer and dies at a young age? Is that God's will? It's not God's will. So here's what we have to understand as a believer. We have a responsibility to know the will of God and to pray the will of God into existence. If you just resign yourself, I don't know, like God's will, it'll be done if he wants it to be done. No, you know how, there are so many examples in scripture that if certain people just had that mentality, they wouldn't receive anything from God. The woman with the issue of blood, Pastor Luke talked about it last week. If she had that mentality, if God wants it to be done, it'll be done. I'll just sit over here in the side and if he wants it done, he'll come over to me and he'll touch me and he'll heal me. If she had that mentality, she would not have received healing, right? If she just, if he wants, no, she made it happen, right? She, she came and she, she ran up to him or snuck up to him and, and grabbed the edge, hem of his garment to receive healing. Uh, there's a story of a guy named Bartimaeus, a blind man. He's sitting at the edge of this city at the gates. Jesus is exiting the town. He starts shouting out, Jesus, son of David, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And even the crowd starts to tell him to hush up. They're like, dude, leave the master alone. Don't, don't bother him. So he's, the Bible says he shouts all the louder. Jesus, son of David, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stops. He turns around because he was leaving. But he's, he turns and he, he walks to this man and says, what do you want me to do for you? But if Bartimaeus would have said, I don't know, if God, I'll, just, I'll be quiet, I'll just sit over here. If God wants it to be done, it'll be done. He would still be blind to this day. He'll, he'll still be blind Bartimaeus and not seeing Bartimaeus, right? God's will is not just an automatic thing. We have, to, we have a responsibility. I must know God's will when it comes to, I mean, not just healing, everything. I must know God's will. What's God's will in my family? What's God's will in my community? What's God's will in our government? What's, what's God's will um, in you know, the schools around here? Like, figure out what God's will is. It's in here, it's not a secret. Get the will of God, figure it out, and then pray it and, until you see it. Yeah. Pray it into existence. God's will is not just some automatic thing that happens. And so here, here's the last mindset that'll rob you of healing, and this is one I wanna focus and kind of land the plane here. The fifth one is questioning if God wants to heal you. Questioning if he wants to. Turn your Bibles to Mark chapter one. Mark chapter one and verse 40. Says this says, a man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. If you are willing you can heal me and make me clean, he said. Moved with compassion, Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared and the man was healed. So there's a man, he has leprosy, which is a, actually a nervous system disease, but it, um, it affects the body and the skin and the flesh. So this man full of leprosy comes to Jesus and he has confidence that God, or that Jesus can heal him, but he's not so sure if Jesus wants to heal him, right? Because he says, if you will, you, you can heal me. Like he, he's confident that he can. He's not confident that he will though. And I think this is a struggle for a lot of Christians as well. They know that God can heal, 
They've heard story, right? We just read a testimony. They, they heard the testimony. Man, that's awesome that God healed that guy. They've heard the stories that God can heal. They're, they're convinced that he has power to heal. They're convinced that he can, but they're not super convinced that he wants to heal them specifically. Maybe if it was someone else, someone that's better than me, someone that has, you know, is a better person. They have a better church attendance record than me. Maybe God wants to heal them, but I don't know if God wants to heal me, my situation. You know, let's, let's just read it again. Let's read it again. A man of leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. If you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean, he said. Moved with compassion, Jesus reached out and touched him and said, I am willing, be healed. So this was Jesus's chance right here. Because he's clearly asked, do you want to, will you heal me? I know you can, I know you're able to, but this man asked him, are you willing? So this is Jesus's chance to be like, honestly, not really. No, I don't really want to. Um, I've reached my five healing per day, you know, cap, and I can't do any more healings today. No, Jesus, what does Jesus say though? He says, yes, I am willing, be healed. He wants to heal you. He, he's passionate about healing you. And if anyone, if there was, if there was someone that Jesus didn't wanna heal, you, you, you might say it could have been this guy. Because if you, if you read about the story in other accounts, says that he had, his, his leprosy had been fully formed, which means it was in the final stages of leprosy. He, he probably looked grotesque when, when the leprosy gets bad, you know, they're like, flesh starts falling off, ears, nose start falling off, it, it can get nasty. You know, you know, skin that's infected and just, so this guy is grotesque and leprosy was a pretty serious illness. It like was incurable. Right, so it was like, this is a pretty serious case. This guy has leprosy in the, the advanced final stages. He's grotesque. He probably smells bad. Just be honest, I mean, his flesh is like rotting off his body. He probably stinks. He's probably tough to look at. He has a very severe case of leprosy. If there was ever someone that's like, I'd rather not heal you. You'd think it'd be this guy. But no, Jesus is Moved with compassion, the Bible says, when he sees this man. He's moved with compassion. That Greek word for compassion means to be, to be moved in the heart with affection. If you look up that word, compassion, he's moved in his heart with affection towards this man. I don't think this morning, I don't think you need more faith that God can. You know God can. You know he's able. The Bible tells us even demon, demons know that, right? So let's elevate our faith beyond demons. Like, you don't need help, you don't need help knowing God's powerful. You know he's powerful, you know he can. But I really feel, man, we need to lean in to build our faith. He, he wants to. He wants to not just heal a person, he wants to heal you this morning. To, to, to get your mind shifted from, I know God can to know, I know God wants to heal me right now in my situation, in my, in my situation. Get, he has compassion. He's moved. He's moved in his heart with affection. When this man comes to him and says, Will you, do you want to heal me? So two things we can see from this story. that It, it hurts Jesus when you're sick. It hurts Jesus when you, you're suffering. It, it, he was moved with compassion by this man. 
he, it, he didn't like it. it. It hurt his heart to see this man suffering like this. It also hurt his heart when he, when he questioned if he wanted to. Because it was after, it was after he says, if you're willing, will, will you help me? It moved Jesus' heart with compassion. It hurts God when you're sick. It hurts God when you're suffering. It hurts God when we're, when we're not sure he really wants to. You know, would you rather, would you rather someone, say you have a friend that's in need or a friend that's, you know, they have a financial hardship. Would you, would you want that person to question your ability to help or your willingness to help? Like if I had a friend and they said they needed, they needed help or something, which is example finances. I would much rather that person say, man, I know you'd love to, but I know, I know you probably can't and it's tough for you right now, but you know, whatever, right? I'd rather them say that than, hey, I know you totally can help me, but you don't want to. That, that's God's heart. He doesn't just want us to be fully aware, oh, I know you can, but I'm not sure you want to. No, God, God wants us to know that he, he has compassion on us. If, well, that's this week's message. Thanks for joining us. To stay connected with us throughout the week, make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook. You can also watch previous week's services on our YouTube page.